Thank you again, Mr. Bridges, for that song. We're back. We had the original trio back together. The the once. Well, at one point, we thought this was going to be the foundational trio, but now it's our first recurring guest. First recurring. Well, oh, I've actually been there once before. Will you did you did the you did the Grammy yeah. one? Oh right, that was it wasn't, it wasn't a show. Yeah, back for real this time. Back for real. Back for real. So we are in the year 1998. Uh, well, wait, what, what are the questions I always start with? I, well, we, we talked about, we, we don't need to do the, the, the what, what are your favorite music preferences because we've already done that. We've been skipping the one thing that I introduced to the show. What, like, what are you listening to this week? Yeah, what are you listening to All this right, week? Let's do that. What, 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 well, what are you listening to this week? What's on your, what's on your playlist? Um, not much now that I made a big deal about, uh, oh what, about bringing this up. What have I been listening to? Uh, this uh, new Du Blonde album I like. And this, um, I don't know how to pronounce it, but is it Madhu Mokhtar? This African band, uh, Saharan rock, I guess you call it. It's been really good. I really enjoy their new album. I'm unfamiliar. Yeah, I, I, read a, I read a review of, of his album and I, I heard a couple songs and I really liked it. There's one song in particular called Afrik Victima that I think is great. Yeah. And I think it's a real stand-up. Yeah. Is it, is it new? I yeah, it just came out. They did a Tiny Desk, which is really cool, too. Nice. I feel like I'm not listening to, like, any new music. It's, like, even when it comes out, I'm just like, okay, I'll listen to it later. But. I'm definitely making effort to listen to less, but I'm still trying to catch all the things that people are raving about when they're pretty new. Yeah. I feel like um, David. What am I listening to? I'm looking at my playlist to remember. Um, still listening to a lot of, like, kind of classic, like, 90s power pop like kind of this that, that's i think summarized like the general john that i've listened to a lot lately so like this guy uh jason faulkner who i've he's been in all these bands like i, I mentioned to you like jellyfish was a, is a band i got into and he he adds his own solo stuff and uh this his first album is called jason faulkner presents author unknown it's so good it's just like such a well done like like he's he's just like you know one of these guys that like could just like make these great in that type of genre music and he's now currently uh in the backing he plays guitar in the band for saint vincent so you can see him like doing that stuff mm. um kind of like also, uh, kind of like the new pornographers how they just churn out pop songs yeah i mean the same general vein like yeah. um of like I say power pop, like I, I think that's the general kind of genre, but um, yeah, but also like I, I, I'm, I'm also going back and listening to a lot of like 70s songwriters that I, you know, I'm just kind of getting deeper into like Harry Nelson, uh, yeah. who I've been listening to for a while. This guy, Paul Williams, who you might have heard, you remember that song from the Dap Punk album? Uh, yeah. So he's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. he like is like a songwriter like 
like a movie, like he's written a bunch for like Bar, he wrote for like Barbara Streisand and like mm-hmm. all these like big 70s songs. And like he was like, I think he wrote like theme songs, but he has this album called Someday Man, which is so good. It's just like this like classic, like 60s, like, uh, you know, big pop sound that's I'm kind of getting, you know, and then like Warren Zevon is like an artist I hadn't really listened to much previously, but I'm listening to him more. I'm going back and listening to like Paul Simon too. So a lot of like 70s songwriters. Nice. What about you? Yeah. Um, I haven't been listening to much new stuff either. Um, actually, I don't know. Um, I don't know if this is because like because I turned 30 or this is just like how it's shaken out, but I've started to listen. Um, I mean, both you, I feel like both of you know like well enough that like I have often like really emphasized listening to music that was coming out. Um, right. I've been kind of unpacking why that is. Like, I think a lot of it is like, like as you're getting, I don't know, as you're in your teens and twenties, like you're trying to find out who you are. It's like identity formation. So like the music becomes like a, both a symbol and like a vehicle for that, I feel like. Um, and also like, it's fun right. to be part of I think it's fun to be part of like an artist's growth. Like for example, like like getting into Kendrick during the Section 80 album and like waiting for waiting for the next one and like feeling so pumped for him and also like excited that, you know, to see like his creative growth. And so I think right. there's been like certain yeah. bands that I'd like like to follow, but and I think that I've I've followed that stuff like to the de-emphasis of like older music um and, right and so yeah and i don't know whatever in recent months and weeks i've just been a lot i don't know why i've just been like a lot more interested in like digging into older scene like scenes especially and like i feel like because i've listened to more music i like ha- i i guess my, my my knowledge of like music is a little bit broader so i can like pinpoint where certain guitar sounds are coming from and like what bands are influenced by who and whatever yeah um so yeah, I've been listening to a lot of like older stuff, um, a lot of post-punk and um, post-rock. I think the album that I've listened to the most of the past month has probably is, um, the album Spiderland by Slint, which um, I talked to you about this, Dave, when we were in, yeah. uh, it's like, you know, it's like four teens from Louisville, like kind of like a post-hardcore, like math rock, post-rock thing. Um, like really DIY, really just like kind of tossed off, but like I think like super like, influential. I mean, very, very like yeah, yeah. Like yeah. they weren't popular at all at the time. Like they barely played live. Um, no one knew about them until like their like the bands that they were the musicians that they were friends with like started talking about them to press. Like Will Oldham, like uh, mm-hmm. what's his name, um, Bonnie Prince. Bonnie Billy. Prince Billy. Yeah, and like the Jesus Lizard, like bands that they would play with were like, you guys have to check out this fucking album. Steve Albini pro- produced Slint's first album and like went on to be. Well, this is all like Chicago. It's and it's and it, this is all well, like if, if they're not originally from Chicago, but this yeah. is all Chicago. Like, yeah, I feel like just being in Chicago, Chicago, you know, Chicago is such a great history with music. It's just so, yeah, and there's it's it's so wide ranging too, like you know, from the original like blue scenes to like. Chicago's more like kind of like disco and like you know that yeah. kind of emerged originally and then like obviously you have like yeah kind of the alternative scene in the 90s and then you have like 
hip hop, you know, Kanye and drill. Yeah. And, and now, yeah, now like there's so much shit just just in there alone that you can just like dig through. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I think like as I kind of explore, I guess like through time, it'd be cool to learn more about history of the Chicago scene. Um, and yeah. like DC too. Like I was listening to a lot of Fugazi and like Rites of Spring and like I don't know, minor threat and like I don't know. I just yeah, never really what besides this, like, besides yeah. Slint, like what are some of your other like favorite like older bands or yeah bands that you've... um definitely my bloody valentine um like loveless um i could listen to all the time um let's see what else shoegaze yeah a little bit of shoegaze um like joy i mean i don't know like the classic like joy division um stuff like that but like slint i've like i found that like i keep returning to it because it's like it's such a, it's really immersive. It's like, uh, they like do a lot of like world building. Um, and it's just like really jammy and like hypnotic and just really interesting. So. Um, I think yeah. there's a connection from Slint to, uh, to. Uh, the Breeders. Is there? The dude, the, the main guy is from it, Slint, the main Beanie? songwriter. No, the main songwriter from Slint actually played, dr- played drums on Pod, the first Breeders album. Oh. Um, so there's a connection there and i was gonna say the tortoise because uh yeah there's definitely that connect david paho yeah so, yeah he's a guy um, exactly well there's none of this stuff on the on <laughs> on any of the any of the lists that we listened to for this year so 1998 um well i i feel like usually we started with overall impressions but i feel like it's probably better just to end with it and just to get right into it so we'll start and and there's more what's i mean i think definitely a change of pace because there's more number ones in this year than previous years like how many are like there's like what 15 or 16 songs in this year in previous years there were like 10 so it's kind of an interesting like change but we'll get into that so January 3rd through January 10th, two weeks, moving, continuing from the end of 1997, the biggest song in 1997, two more weeks, the beginning of 1998, we have Candle in the Wind, the 1997 Princess Diana version from Elton John. Never fading with the sunset when the rain set in. Footsteps will always fall here along England's greenest hills. Your candles burned out long before your legend ever will. So I think Will and I kind of, if I remember correctly, we both you know, can appreciate this version of the song. I think we both said we like the original version more, but that this certainly, you know, obviously made a huge impact and, you know, so connected to the Princess Diana death. But any any other thoughts or, uh, Jonathan, any, 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 what, what are your thoughts? Or is it just kind of... Yeah, to be honest, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you know, I did not realize that this was like a, <laughs> an alternative version of an original song. <laughs> Is, oh, I, is thought, I thought you were going to say you didn't listen to it. But anyway. No, is Elton John's 
Did he do the original? He wrote this about uh, Marilyn Monroe. This is on the, what in the seventies or uh, yeah? Is that Goodbye Albert Road? Yeah, I mean it was a huge song on yeah. his okay. album. In the 70s. And then he redid it for Princess Dies the ninety seven. Gotcha. So how 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 is the, how is it different than the original? It's more cut back in terms of instrumentation. Um, and I think it's, it might be deeper, like a lower key. I'm not sure. Yeah, but he's got he's got more of a gravelly voice. Going I'll play on. I'll play just a snippet of the original. Never know. So yeah, I mean, there's, you know, the backing vocals, his yeah. voice gets deeper, you know, because he's older. Uh, is, the, is, the mod- is the newer one just him and a piano, or is there more to it? I don't remember. I think it's basically just that. But uh, some of the lyrics are changed, too. He has some lines about, you know, Diana, so. Um, okay, yeah. John goes unplugged kind of thing. Yeah, it's I mean. kind of like, like Tears in Heaven, kind of, with like Eric Clapton. I, I don't know if I would vibe. I don't know if I it's a similar idea for some similar idea sure more although that was already I guess emotional but yeah so what did you think about the song in general it's fine (laughs) (laughs) all right we're done with that uh if we just have that review for every song it'll be like our grand episode (laughs) it's fine um well, let's yeah, it's yeah. I think I think it's just I think we kind of also determined that's like it's such a you know it's such it's tied to such a specific event that it's like almost hard to like be like okay, yeah, reflective. Um, the next song I could definitely I think there's more to say. We have January seventeenth to January twenty fourth. It's worth mentioning that on January twenty seventeenth, nineteen ninety eight was when the Drudge Report first broke the story about <laughs> Clinton's alleged affair with Monica Lewinsky. Uh, I, did, I did not know Drudge Report had the scoop on that. Uh, apparently, according to Wikipedia, they broke it first. Huh. wonder if that made them much bigger. Probably. So so imagine, imagine you're a writer for the Drudge Report. You're like, we got the biggest story in the world. I got to write it up, but let's put on the radio and... Uh, <laughs> Listen to Truly Madly Deeply by Savage Garden. like the song more than I expected to it was like better than I remembered it being um it's kind of pretty a nice kind of groove in the background but I did feel like it was a little repetitive but overall I liked it did you have a like yeah I mean to me this is a song that's like so ingrained in the past that it's like definitely sounds a little dated oh like yeah I mean yeah it's such a it's both like, it's both like, extremely like, you know, that there's such clear reasoning why it's a number one hit because it's just so like, smoothed out in every way, and but it's also like almost like an anomaly. Like this is a, a, 
like almost like an 80s song like um you know this like australian duo like friends like you know literally the most straight up love song you could ever imagine with every single like cliche added um it's such a weird like what a weird like savage garden <laughs> like like you hear these this song and like maybe another song of theirs everywhere even now like i you know talking about like a cvs like pharmacy song but it's also like who were like who were these guys because <laughs> it's like they kind of just like disappeared pretty quickly too yeah. uh, I don't know, like it's it's like you know what i mean like it seems like something that would have taken like a million people to like tens dozens of songwriters to, like generate something that's like you know manufactured and like smooth and straight up love song but it's like these two guys so it's such a weird anomaly and yeah i mean i i don't need to hear the song ever again like it's just it's like it's in the background of everything so i I, it's even hard to like just like reflect on like i don't know it doesn't do anything for me anymore i I, I can't i can't whereas uh, i don't want to interrupt but like Whereas there, there are certain songs like that we listen to with this podcast where I can like kind of go back and like listen to it with like a fresh set of ears. Like for this song, I, I just, I, I can't like, cause I, it's just ingrained. Yeah, I mean, I agree with David. I think the song is tr- truly awful. Um, I think what he has the most is, is the vocals. Um, it's, it feels like a, a parody of an 80s song that's like written in 1997. Um, did you did you I, have a did you have like a I, I mean I'm sure you're familiar with the song like did you like was this something you can remember hearing in the past or is it just kind of like vaguely this is like I feel like this year especially is like when I started becoming more conscious of what these songs were like before then they were just like I feel like I just like um called like they're in the past unconsciously no like unconsciously heard them as like a five-year-old but these songs like this is when i actually was conscious of like what music was um right. but i don't i don't really remember the song i just kind of remember the vibe um so i don't really have many memories of listening to this but it does sound like something i would hear in cvs or something like that but will you like it i liked it better than i said i mean it came nowhere close to being yeah right. yeah a, a favorite or anything but for, i remembered it as being a terrible song and when i listened to it for this i was like oh this is better than i expected to me it's almost like it's like you're a good vocalist like it's a good it's it's well done it's like the vocals are pretty it's just like i almost think like why are you like subjecting yourself to this type of music i mean it, like you can't do that with who's this for like right and like like and that's the other thing too is like if this were again i I, i've i've had this thought with a lot of songs previously like if they made this on now right i think it could be successful in like the like niche that is like adult contemporary but like you're not gonna i don't think so i think this would be a flop you you don't you don't even think so yeah i think people have heard too many songs similar to this since this came out but it's like how did this become like like, were they playing this on MTV? Maybe they were. I don't know. Like, were they playing this, like, alongside, you know, 
the Usher and uh, and 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 uh, and Brandy and Monica and Destiny's Child and Back. I mean, if it's the number one song, it must have been right. right. It's like, but it's also like, how did that happen? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's such a. Was like, it in a movie or something? No, surprise. I mean, not like not any big connection to a movie at the time, but yeah. yeah. Darren Hayes on vocals. Daniel Jones are from Queensland. Australia, Brisbane. Yeah. Brisbane, Brisbane. So we move on. Uh, I lost the actual list. January thirty first to February seventh, Monica Lewinsky scandal is getting more and more prevalent. And we have Janet Jackson with together again. So I'll say this is this is a song from an album that I've learned to really love. This this whole album it's called it's called the Velvet Rope. It's like to me, it's one of these albums that like is constantly like ranked in terms of like you know the great albums of the '90s or whatever, or you know seems like Janet Jackson's best album. And you know at a certain point I kind of went and was like, okay, I want to hear what this is all about. Like, what's the deal? And you listen to it, and and I, again I'm talking about the album. Like, it's it really is kind of like a blueprint for like some of the more like, you know, well-esteemed R&B artists today. Like there is a connection to like, you can make a connection to like Frank Ocean or like The Weeknd or yeah. um, SZA. There's something like a yeah. SZA connection. Like it's a very diverse album um, and I love it. it it's great. I, I, I come back to it a lot. Um, it's just, it's super like, you know, just tons of different stuff. Like, and this is kind of like the straight up pop song on it. So it's kind of a weird anomaly. Yeah. Um, so it's not, I, it's, it's not, it's definitely not my favorite on the album. I'll say that. Like, it's fine. She's, ha- she has better songs, Janet Jackson, including songs we've reviewed in my opinion, but like, it's fine. Like it's, it's an, it, in the context of the album, it's a nice change of pace because it kind of, it like moves away from some of the more experimental stuff, but like it's not, it's, it's also like not my favorite. Like, so that's my opinion. Yeah, I feel the same. Um, I haven't really looked, listened to this album, but um, I got that impression too that it's like pretty, ex- it's pretty experimental and like kind of jo- genre pushing for what she did. Um, and and the, yeah. the lyrical content too. It's like yeah, lyrical content. It feels like a like it could be a, like a like a Will Smith song. Like I think there's I hear like elements of like some like kind of European house music like in the bass. Yeah. Um. And kind of playful. Um. I could see why it would go number one, but it's it's and it's like fine, but it's not. Yeah. I'm sure there's much much like better music on this record. Right, something stands out a little more, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I don't know much to add. I agree with both of you. I did think 
the, the beat was better than a lot of Janet's songs. I feel like sometimes it's very kind of basic drum machine, just like repeating the same four bars over and over again. And this is a little more interesting. I had some more unique stuff going on. Uh, but overall, other than that, I kind of a little forgettable compared to some of her other hits. We're, we're very mad on the song so far. Yeah, so far, not a lot of disagreements. Well, truly, madly, deeply. I, we'll, get I to, we'll get to some, hopefully, some more. I feel like we're in agreement so far. Um, but there's a lot of songs on this list. February 14th to February 21st, I think worth mentioning that it was number one during Valentine's Day 1998. Uh, maybe not what's happening during that time. We have uh, another plane crash. Uh, oh, the 1998 Winter Olympics. And Agonauts. Yeah. I have no memory of that whatsoever. I played it. A ton of the Nagano Olympics N64 game. Wow. Okay, so li- little little Will is playing his N64 Nagano Olympic games, and he's listening to uh, 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 107.3. He's doing current music at the time, I think. And then they say, ladies and gentlemen, we have a new song from Usher. It's called Nice and Slow. And Will stops the game and just stares. <laughs> and here's this. Anticipating good love, don't keep me waiting. I got plans to put my hands in places I've never seen, girl. You know what I mean. Let me take you to a place nice and quiet. There ain't no one better to up. Ain't got a rush. I just wanna take it. So one thing I've noticed with this podcast is I feel like I enjoy every Usher song that's upbeat and danceable and dislike everyone that's more slow jammy. So this very clearly falls in the latter category and I just don't like it very much. I'm, I'm in agreement. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's weird. Cause it's like, like uh, what I think last with the last episode for 1997, like I put the, you make me want it's like one of my favorite songs from the year it's just like it's like a song that i can probably like remember hearing around this time like it's something i i you know that's been grain to me and when i hear it on the radio or whatever it's like oh like i like the song this is a you know cool song but like i have no memory of this song of nice and slow and even though it was number one like even though it was bigger than at the time you know technically than like you make me want it but yeah it's such like a i mean Usher's interest. Usher's an interesting career. Like, is he really kind of switches? Yeah, between these like slow jam, like you know, uh, you know, slow jam, like sex songs, basically. And you know, he was like what, like twenty at the time. So, and then yeah, and then these kind of more upbeat, you know, hip hop influenced songs. And he still kind of does that, I guess. Um, but. Yeah, it's like trying to get everything, and yeah, the song isn't like there's there's slow jam R&B songs I legitimately like, but this is very like you know you make me want to like put my hands in places you never like. It's like <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> we we get it, you know. So in places you've never seen. 
that's the lyric. <laughs> that's the lyric. <laughs> so the woman has never seen these places, I, which I, mean, I guess I mean, when, you think, when you think about it, it makes sense, I guess. But it's also like, okay, like that's sure, I get it. <laughs> yeah, um, I feel like the song is not for me. Um, it's not not targeted to, it wasn't, it wasn't for it wasn't i feel like usher is envisioning somebody with just like jonathan this it wasn't for a seven-year-old white <laughs> jewish suburban kid in Bethesda, Maryland. i mean i feel like you can i don't know it's like you can you can hear how it influenced future artists too like miguel and other folks too um but yeah i don't yeah. think it's anything special do you do you like like listening to Miguel like some of the slower songs is that something because I, I feel like for Will and I like I feel like we have very different taste like like every slow song Will doesn't like yeah absolutely um with Miguel like right. there's some really good stuff I think and I think Miguel like certainly like learned from these folks and was like consciously bringing in other like he's very like tries to mix it up with genres like he plays guitar um so he's like more of a kind of prince character than like a straight r&b guy but there's definitely you can hear like okay that like this is a prince influence song or this is yeah. a usher influence yeah song totally. or, uh, you know totally. whatever yeah all right we're all in agreement um February of 20, I, I, I can't believe, well, I guess we'll look at 1999, but I'm, I'm shocked this wasn't number one for longer. February 28th to March 7th, 1998. From the Titanic soundtrack, we have My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion. You have come to show you go on. We didn't really hear like the main part. Like, we should didn't play that specific part, but everyone knows the song, so we can read to... The song was very special to me back then. I was I was obsessed with Titanic as a six year old. I um I saw it in theaters, which was probably too young for the content of the movie. But um <laughs> yeah, I had a Titanic poster. I, I loved this song. It was like very melodramatic and epic and like overblown. But I like, in some ways, like I feel like that that vibe carried through for me, like to like some of the music I liked later on in life. Um, but I see there's a, there's a number of songs on this playlist. We'll get into them later. That are like movie soundtracks, like melodrama, like the world is falling apart but like i still love you like everything is collapsing apocalypse but we're in yeah, this together at least one other song that yeah that, um and so yeah like i it when i listen to it now it's like it's not as great but i mean back then like that that hit <laughs> the key yeah change I'm, too it's it's so i'm glad you you know obviously bringing up the titanic side of things because I think I I think I, I don't know about Will, but I, I I can remember Jonathan you at some point talking about that you yeah like what you're saying about you know 
growing up and you loved Titanic and saw it and, you know, like it resonated. And for me, it's the opposite. Like I have no real connection to that movie. I still have not seen the whole thing. Um, it just like did, you know, I was, it, you know, didn't resonate with me at the time. Like I, you know, didn't see it obviously. Um, but, you know, obviously knowing this song. So, but like, this is such a good song. Like it's such a good song. Like it's so well done and it's so epic. And it's just like, I don't know. Like I, I, I always in my mind compare it to, um, uh, what's it called? Um, I will always love you. The Whitney Houston song, just cause like, to sure. me, so like, you know, they're both movie songs. They're both like these epic, like, you know, powerhouse voices and just like so over the top. But like, I think this is better than that song. Like, yeah. Um, just because I, I think it's just it's a, it feels like a Disney it's so song. epic yeah it does feel it's like a Disney song like it just it's so epic and it builds up and it's like even like without the context of the movie like do they play the song in the movie I don't think no. so I think they play like the the instrumentals maybe okay but not like the the song itself not so it's not like it's not like directly connected with like a specific scene or something like no, I don't think so. I don't, I, I mean, I don't think the vocals are ever in it, but I think like there's this swelling of strings and stuff and like some of the instrumentals throughout. Um, I think it's like one of those things where like the theme kind of plays throughout the movie at like dramatic times, um, which is, it like feels, it feels really central to the movie. Um, but like, the, the, I feel like the lyrics aren't sung in the movie. That makes sense. So then why was, how did your love of the movie transfer to the song? Were you just like hearing the song and connected to the movie when you heard it? Or like, did you have the soundtrack or something? No, I probably was just hearing it on the radio um, at that time. Um, yeah, I loved Celine Dion actually, because of this too. Um, I actually learned about sex because of Celine Dion. Okay. Please, please expand. Um, we we were going to watch me and my parents were watching this like there was like this tv special where there was like four or five singers scheduled to sing and celine dion was last because she was like the the diva yeah um i think she had to cancel or something for a while um and i was like you know what is she doing and my parents were like well she's her, and her husband are trying to trying to make a baby Know, okay, so, so like, they brought so, so hold on. So they brought the, like they didn't need to say that. <laughs> they did not need but, to but say I guess that. They, they took it but as they found they though. felt like it was time. Like she yeah. was, I don't know, spending more time with her husband. I'm like, why does she need to spend time with her husband? Wait, that's that? why she was that's why she canceled um this I, I TV might be, special. I might keep <laughs> conflating two memories, but it was like all in the same kind of conversation. Um where like I found out that Celine Dion had to spend more time with her husband to have a baby. And I had no idea why that was. And so then that led to the explanation. Wow. Yeah. The real, so, so Celine Dion in more than one ways is, is really kind of integral to your upbringing. Yeah. Oh, I never shared my thoughts. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I, I maybe don't love it as much as you guys do, but I, I liked it a lot more than I expected. I kind of thought like, oh, this is just another, you know, sappy ballad we've heard plenty of. But no, I really liked it. David mentioned the, 
the kind of elevation of the like it gets bigger and bigger as it goes on which is great and there's also this like kind of cool subtle electric guitar i think it doesn't come in toward till towards the end but it's the first time i ever noticed it was this listen i thought that was kind of neat little touch on a song you might not expect it to yeah. make an appearance in did you have a connection to titanic at the time i saw titanic pretty early and then i remember like years later people were like always kind of joking about like this is a titanic song i was like i've seen titanic i don't remember this song at all and then i was kind of confused and maybe it's because of what jonathan was saying that it's maybe it's not played so uh in whole with the lyrics and everything that it's never made that connection so then my views of it growing up were always kind of like i know i feel like it was a butt of a lot of jokes about being sappy and being a titanic song or i don't know whatever else but yeah i liked it worth uh, upon further inspection of the Celine Dion Wikipedia page it's very clear in much detail how she, it's pretty clear she was trying to have a baby in the late 90s early 2000s there's a lot of detail here uh, uh, some a lot a lot of a lot of a lot of uh, difficulties and issues and ultimate pretty crazy so yeah I think yeah I, I think it's like it's just the connection to the movie is just so overwhelming that it's like oh like how do you disconnect it from that movie but you know you still hear it all the time um we have another i think person that we have interesting connections with possibly march 14th to march 28th the first entry for will smith on the Number one spot podcast with getting jiggy with it. it up, jiggy, make it feel like foreplay. Yo, my cardio is infinite. <laughs> Big Willie Styles all in it. Getting jiggy with it. Getting jiggy with it. Getting jiggy with it. Getting jiggy with it. I really like Will Smith, but this song doesn't do a whole lot for me. I I feel like I got into Will Smith probably on his next album because I have a lot more connections to those songs. Yeah. And like this is always kind of Millennium. Big, yeah, Millennium. And this is always like kind of his theme song almost, I feel like. And I I don't know, I've never really loved it as much. I just find it a little more boring than a lot of his other songs. But I do think the beat is kind of it's just fun and interesting. It feels weird that this is the rap song that followed all the Biggie and Diddy on the charts that we were hearing yeah. on our last episode. It's just so different. Uh, and it feels like it must be like attracting kind of a different crowd. But yeah, I don't know. I, I like Will Smith a lot, but it's not my favorite. This song to me sounds like kind of just like pure, a pure distillation of childhood in like the 90s. <laughs> like it's just like very easygoing, very light, um, like lighthearted, um, like kind of I kind of associate the song with like All Star by Smash Mouth. Um, those type of like late 90s, like carefree. Um, so it always just, I don't know, brings me back to when I was five or six, whatever. Um, Will Smith, he's not, he's not like a special rapper or anything like that. So, but does the job. Is it is there a sample on there? There is. Um, something, what? The verse is based on the sample around a song by Sister Sledge called He's the Greatest Dancer. The chorus is sampled from Sang and Dance by the Barkays. Okay. Famous like 70s. I, see, I was looking at this group. credits. I see Niall Rogers is a, actually a co-writer on the song. 
Oh, that makes it's probably point. probably that, that guitar sound. Actually, now that yeah. you mention it, it's like like it's that's that's a straight up like yeah, Niles Rogers thing. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm in the same boat as Will. Like, and you know, it's like I I would never say any Wilson song is like a favorite of mine. Like I, it's just so. I mean, you know, it's fun. Like, like you can't, like you can't hate on this. Like, it's it's hard to like hate on these types of songs or any type of like Will Smith song because like I don't need this anymore. Like, right. and, I, and I always think of like the Eminem line of like, you know, Will Smith don't have to cuss on his records, but I do. So fuck him and fuck you too. Like, and I'm not even an Eminem fan, but that's pretty funny. Um, yeah, yeah, it's just like. I mean, you know, you can spend hours talking about the career of Will Smith, which is kind of interesting how it's like, he's also like the biggest movie star at this time. And then he like, will make these songs that are so like, silly and straightforward. But yeah, it's it's it like, even of the big Will Smith songs, it's it's not my favorite. It's not something I like need yeah. to hear ever. April 4th to April 18th, we have... I had to find it first. April, what did I say? April 4th, April 18th, all my life, Casey and Joe, Joe, two brothers. You, sweeter than you. And I would never find another lover more precious than you. We have to hear the chorus. This is technically the second appearance for Casey and Jojo on our podcast. They sang on the song How Do You Want It by Tupac that we listened to a few years ago. So I'll, I'll start. I mean, this is a song that is ingrained at the time. Like, I, I can remember hearing the song at the time. Like, it's I think it was on one of the Now CDs, maybe. Um, so it's very ingrained. It's also like a CBS song. Um, maybe not to the same degree as truly madly deeply but it's a pretty song like I, I think it's a really well done song like you know great vocals like obviously the, you know it's a duo they're brothers they play off each other well like um yeah I mean like again like it's not a song I would go to but you know it's pretty I, I it's you know as opposed to a song like truly madly deeply or nice and slow like if I hear this I'm not gonna like you know, turn it off necessarily, but it's a pretty song. It's silly and straightforward, but it does what it needs to do. I didn't really like it. I, unlike you, I feel like I had no connection. I don't remember ever hearing the song. Really? Um, but I don't know. It's fine, but to me, it just blended in with so many other kind of R&B tracks you've heard. I didn't love it. So you, did, you, you weren't familiar with the song? I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I'm like, you know, it's, I'm sure I've heard it. It's been around too long and too big of a hit, but I don't have any specific recollection of it. To me, uh, the song, I feel like the hook is so good that it excuses like 
like pretty average production. Like I feel like that that the chorus core. melody, you like yeah. just will like stick with me forever, and it kind of ex it's like makes up for how average the kind of production is. Um, I think, yeah, I think you're you've hit it on the the nail on the head. Like the chorus is what does it. Like it, the yeah. verses are like pretty. Yeah, pretty boring. boring. It's like we have this amazing hook. Let's try to find something to like. <laughs> Do you have a memory or a connection with it? it from... I just remember it. I don't know. It's just kind of floating around. I don't have a specific memory. Was it one of these? Was it one of the songs where, you, like, when you listen to it for this, you're like, "Oh yeah, I remember this." Like, like a song yeah. you don't think yeah. about. Yeah, like I probably honestly heard it at like bar T in like first grade. You know, <laughs> right. when they put the radio on or something. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I think that's the same thing with me. It's like you know, you don't think about the song, like you know. If you're saying like what are your favorite songs from this period it's like i would never bring up this song but yeah it's, it, it really is the chorus it's a great chorus and then besides that it's like okay pretty standard rb song with a big hook chorus we move on to the biggest song of the year april 25th through may 16th and also reappears on may 30th i'm so excited to dissect this song it's too close by next Oh, it's almost like we're sexing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, boo, I like it. No, I can't deny it. But I know you can tell I'm excited. Oh, girl. Step back and dance and come mm -hmm. I feel a little boom coming through on you. Now, girl, I know you felt it. But, boo, you know I can't help it. So you know how we talk about like all these R&B songs are like the same, like, you know, straight love songs and like, you know, like, okay, you know, it's it's the least subtle thing. I mean, the, the, I mean, this is the least subtle song ever, but like, what I love about the song is I, I really love like the beat. I, I love the production. It's like a classic sound. It like, you know, it's not too slow. Like you could play this anywhere. It's yeah. like, what a fucking like, what a, just, you know, a song about grinding and getting hard and the woman feeling it and just the and then and that you're making it hard for, like what a what a absurd premise for a song that is the biggest song of the year. You know what I mean? Like what it like it, it stands out to me. It's great. I, I love it. <laughs> I didn't like it. I, oh my god. <laughs> I just I think maybe if we had started this podcast in ninety-eight, I might have liked it. But we, I just heard so much R&B and I'm so over it. And it's all my fault and my biases against R&B, but I can't help it. I just don't enjoy it. Does, so this, does this, I mean, because I can also understand that this, I can understand this blending in with the other R&B songs. Like, I, I can understand that side of it. Like, does this stand out at all to you? I mean, the only thing that stands out is it's the number one song and it's all about getting a boner. And it's like, if like, how did that help it? everything else about it for me is very forgettable i saw this quote from the i assume 
I, somebody who wrote this, I assume somebody in next. Uh, and she was like, oh, we just thought it was hilarious. We were getting it by the filters and nobody caught on to what the song was about. And I was like, everybody knew it. There's no way people didn't know what the song was about. It's the most explicit thing in, like I've ever heard. But like, I still feel like you could have played this at Bar T and like gotten away with it. Like, because yeah. I, I, I think... I mean, think about all the songs we've heard that's just about having sex. This is like getting a boner while dancing. It's not right, as... But- there's, but it's, it's also like why would this be a problem but it's over a pop song like whereas like the usher song is like made to like be like you know you're playing it in the bedroom basically like you know it's a, it's a straight up you know slow jam like this is like a pop song with like that lyric on top like i, I was also thinking of like what are the other songs like that where there's kind of like you know innuendo and it's like very like explicit but then you still would hear it on the radio like I think you were hearing all those R&B slow dance on the radio. They were number one songs. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I guess that's true. But like, even like, I don't know. But like, because this is a song that I remember and it's still played a lot to some extent. I don't know. Like, I just, I, I, I just like how it like stands out for the rest. And the, it's like, yeah, like it feels like they're getting away with something, but it's still a fun song. I did like the female vocals a lot, but they're not in there that long. Um, and then I think I know, I think something I'm realizing is it's, it's taking me longer and longer, longer than I expect to reach a point where I rec- like I have specific memories of a lot of the songs. I don't think I was listening to much radio yet at this point in my life. I feel like my parents would play CDs around the house, but they were much older stuff. And then in the car was probably like always NPR or something. Like, I don't think I had reached a point where I was hearing much, uh, like top 40 music. Yeah, music on the radio. Because I don't think I got into listening to, you know, like Z104 or whatever until maybe like third or fourth grade. I was I was always the Z104 stand and everyone else listened to Hot 99.5. Well, Z104 was, I think 99.5 kind of usurped Z104. Z104 started. Well, yeah, it, it went off. I didn't listen to 99.5 until probably like middle, like fifth or sixth grade. Yeah. I do remember, I have a specific memory of being at Bartee. So I guess was that fourth grade I started Bar 2 with you guys? Yep. So. And it was, I was talking about how, like, no, Z104 is the best. And I think, it, I'm pretty sure it's Jonathan, but it could have been some random kid at Bar 2. It was like, no, 99.5 is the only, it's the only, the only hot radio. It was like, that was their slogan. Like, they had changed their slogan to the only hit radio station in DC. And it's like, no, they just say that Z104 is a hit radio station. <laughs> but I don't think it actually lasted much longer than that. I think it went off the air probably around like early 2000s something. Johnny said you like the song. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, um, I don't have much to add, but I like it a lot. Do, do you enjoy the clever wordplay? Yeah, what's honestly, I'm not even like listening to the lyrics too much. Um, mostly just vibing out to the, the beat and like the this I like the the smooth female vocals coming in. Nice touch. I'm not sure who that is. Because it's three guys. I just looked it up. It's V of Coffee Brown, a group I am not familiar Coffee with. Coffee Brown. Okay, I've heard of her. R&B and Neo Soul Group that only yeah. released one album in 2001. It's worth mentioning that the very first thing said in the song before the music even kicks in is one of the the, the lyric that one of the people in next literally just saying, "I wonder if she could tell I'm hard right now." I know, and I had I, I listened to this. Like, I listened to it right after sure. reading that quote of people, like of him thinking that people didn't get it, and I'm like, what? No, it's it's as clear as day. But I'm saying, like, 
if like I know it's silly. It kind of feels like a weird L song with the lyrics change. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just I'm trying to think of I you know uh, on this more, but like just songs like that where it's like it's so explicitly about something explicit, but it's still like it's you know catchy. It's so catchy that like you could play it anywhere and no one would be offended. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I, I'm thinking of like like fuck you by CeeLo, even though it's not the same thing, it's just because it cursed and obviously there was a edited version, but like you know what I mean? Like songs like that was like wow, it's like titled fuck you, but it's so catchy and everyone loves it. So yeah. I remember when Hot In Here came out, I'm like, how are they allowed to play this on the radio? And yeah. then I'm like, oh wait, if I was actually listening to lyrics, I'd be like, this is so tame compared to so many stuff. Like, yeah, I mean, at the time, yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. It did I feel know. very salacious when you were <laughs> I think it's because the first, it's like so in your face of the vocals that you're not missing anything like in a lot of the various yeah. R&B or whatever songs that might've already been playing. And it was also like, yeah, it was, I think that was new to me because it's almost like you think of like punchline rappers, how like the, the lines don't rhyme, you know, it's, and then like with hot in here too, it's like, it didn't, it's like, it didn't rhyme. <laughs> so it's getting hot in here. So you, you expect something to rhyme with here. It's like, so take off all your clothes. Very, very, like yeah. A little off-putting in a couple ways. It was very, uh, 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 just jarring for a yeah for a 11 year old suburban in Bethesda. if you play the next song i just gotta go to the bathroom um you can play it i'll be back in 30 seconds all right you need to off your thoughts so all right my all by mariah carey are another another entry for the mariah carey may 23rd 1998 this song i think it's one of my favorite mariah songs we've heard does that mean david doesn't oh, like my mind is blown <laughs> i feel like we normally disagree on the rest but I, this one i, I really I thought, like i thought for sure you're gonna dislike this one no i liked it i think the vocal melody is really interesting you know kind of a weird way like it doesn't feel like catchy or it doesn't feel like you can really sing along to it because it doesn't have i don't know it seems like a very unique kind of melody that's going on with the vocals but i enjoyed it and I really like, I, mean, I like that she's showing off with the vocals, but skipping the, you know, the random trills or whatever, or flourishes or whatever that she does that I've already expressed my dislike for in earlier songs. And then I'm also stuck for like random Latin guitar that comes in and there's like castanets or something. It's got this kind of cool Latin group going on that you don't associate with Mariah Carey at all, but I think it works well. Because so many of her other songs are just kind of like, you know, like, let's just focus on the vocals and like, let's just do the simplest like drum machine beat in the background. But this has some really kind of interesting stuff going on that I like. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, this is this is one of the best Mariah Carey songs just in general. I mean, uh, not that I, I, you know, I, I can't talk about deep. I haven't gotten to the point of talking about deep cuts, but I 
certainly, you know, have explored some of her hits both through this podcast and just previously. Um, this it's it's a I love the song. I, I think it's it's yeah for the reasons you said. It's just it's so well done. It's not super show offy. She's not you know doing the same trills or the you know the whistle notes or whatever like that. Not that that's necessarily bad, but like you know she's not trying too hard. Uh, but none of the random like it, it, it's a change of pace. Like yeah, with the Latin influence. I think it's absolutely one of her best songs. Definitely one of my favorites. It's a beautiful song. I know. I'm really surprised it only lasted at number one for a week, only to get too close to come back. I mean, Mariah Carey. It seemed like every time she was on there earlier, she had she had a lot of staying power in the charts. I'm not. I'm not that surprised it wasn't bigger. Like it. It because it, it's not really like a radio song. You know, yeah. it's, it's like in the same way that like you know like always be my baby or hero or some of those songs we listen to like it's a change of pace like but i think obviously she's big enough that like she can do it and it would still be a big hit so it's it's yeah it stands out but i i really love the song to be honest i don't remember hearing it when we were, when I was okay doing crap, so <laughs> i don't have any dad that's fine. <laughs> I'm I'm going to return to it based on both of your agreed. I think you'll like preference it. for it. Yeah. You'll like it. So <laughs> we both. All right, this song I, I I'm surprised it's not number one for the year, but June this literally the song of the summer because it spans literally all of June through the end of August. Brandy and Monica. The boy is mine. Mine. Find the song. The boy is mine. Boy is mine. No, no, he's mine. cut off monica's part but i've always liked this song uh i think it's really good i think you can really hear kind of a direct line influence to some of the uh like the female uh pop-up stars that, that followed her in a few years or followed both of them in a few years the one that really came to me just when i was hearing that sample was uh like jayla's first album i feel like you could really hear her doing mm-hmm. something similar yeah um yeah, I, the only thing I didn't love, I do feel like it's a little repetitive. Like, I feel like they could have used, I don't know. I feel like the verses aren't interesting enough to make me want to listen to this over and over, but I love the chorus a lot, and I think it's a good song. I like it. Um, it's like, I like kind of the dark story, mysterious story between them, rivalry. Was I'm wondering, is there, was there like a meta rivalry between them? Like Brandy and Monica, were they rivals at the time? So what I'll first say is that like, to me, this is a song that I can definitely remember hearing at the time, but I think for people who are maybe, I mean, maybe I'm generalizing, but like, I think 
for people who are like maybe a few years older than us, this, this what like this really, really resonates because it's like, you know, I mean, it's, you know, these two, you know, young singers, you know, uh, uh, dueling, you know, over the song, you know, it's like, it's a yeah. classic. I mean, I'm shocked like that this type of song isn't made more often, like, you know, of like these two big singers kind of like, but like a story, you know, as opposed yeah. to just like some duet, like, you know, some fall like you know story of like yeah, yeah, you know, totally. a rivalry or you know fighting over a guy or whatever it might be like, like if kanye and jay-z in 2007 like recorded a song together when when they had like their rivalry or something right and like trying to one-up each other like yeah. i mean like, it happens like but it's you know what i mean like where yeah. as just like you know uh what's an example like um i don't know like where whatever it might be like two big art like 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 when uh like uh our, I don't know like Ariana Grande and Lady Gaga when they did Rain on Me you know which is a great song I love that song but it like you know it's not like there it's not like there's a story going on they're just kind of duetting like yeah like there's a story and it's like this dramatic thing um but oh yeah to answer your question I, I think to the best of my knowledge there was kind of a rivalry at the time like and I think there was a little bit of antagonism. I do remember pretty recently they did one of these um, versus, you know, shows where they, mm, oh yeah, and, and I think they, and I think they actually talked about that there was like still some like, yeah, little bit of rivalry going on and like, yeah, um, yeah and you know, I mean, just it, it's just like it's such a well like orchestrated thing of like bringing these two you know up and coming young R&B yeah. singers together and doing this kind of thing. Um, yeah, no, I, it's a really good song. I mean, it's, it's really well done. It's kind of like, yeah, I, I, as I said, like, I'm surprised that it's not done more often in this type of way. Um, I, I reading that it was inspired by the girl is mine, the Michael Jackson and Paul McCartney song, which is kind of like, it makes complete, I don't know if you guys know that song, like it's almost the exact same type of deal, but yeah, grab your song, honestly, um, and sillier, but yeah, it's really good. I, I just, I, I've read that like the song kind of for a certain group of people, I think a little bit older than us, like really, you know, like there's a reason why I was like number one for that long. Like it, yeah. it's huge. Yeah. Um, and I don't have necessarily that type of relationship with it, but it's really well done song and super catchy. And yeah, you know, it's, it's fun to read that. Who, whose side are you on? I liked Brandy as a kid. I don't, was she in a TV show? I don't remember why, but I remember liking Brandy as a kid. She is, uh, she was. She was on uh, a bunch of, uh, she was on Moesha. I watched a lot of UPN growing up because it was, really? it was before we had cable. So it was, you know, it was one of the six uh, channels I could get. So any show like Sister, Sister, I loved. My mom. You, I remember you saying your mom was really into Brandy. Oh, I've got no memory of that. I guess I gotta ask for him. Yeah. yeah, siblings with Ray J. That's worth mentioning. Cousins with Snoop Dogg. Right. So that, you know, this whole family is there's a there's connections within the family. I always like Monica more. But... I do oh. like Monica's song. The rivalry continues. We're almost there. Uh, but first, we have to get to the other epic uh movie song that that Jonathan alluded to earlier right. from the Armageddon soundtrack 
Aerosmith appears. <laughs> Probably for the first time, maybe ever on the Billboard number one, maybe even back to their actually no, I we think so have we heard of Aerosmith? Walk this way. I thought we did hear one. That was on like that was on we, the top hundred, but you're talking about when we were do like as you guys have been work doing it or before, like that's yeah, I might have just sent a top 100, whatever. That was top 100, I, but I would have to go back and see if any of their 70s stuff, but let's see. As as you're looking up, Aerosmith, I don't want to miss a thing from the great movie Armageddon. My life in this sweet surrender I could stay lost in this moment forever Every moment spent I mean, it's a good song. Uh, it, it, it feels like a real remnant of some of the early 90s podcasts we've done where because there's always this, the one or two power ballads by a band like Aerosmith, uh, but not Aerosmith. And I don't know. It, so it, it does feel a little dated, dated yeah. even by 98 standards, but it is just a good song. I, like, I mean, like Steven Tyler just really lets loose in the last couple of choruses in a way that I think works well. You mean screaming? This, yeah. yeah, this is the kind of song that feels like two choruses too long to me. Like when they just like keep going back to it. But like it's really yeah, it's really well done. And it actually I I like it. It it, it hits pretty hard. Um but then like I remember yeah, and then he like goes to like another octave and like he's doing it again and again and again. It's like <laughs> let it go. It's it's worth mentioning this was written by Di- it's this is not made by Aerosmith. It was written by diane warren a famous songwriter written for everyone interesting originally for uh, this is her quote it was it was she originally envisioned it that it would be performed by quote celine dion or somebody like that wow. <laughs> i could see that. which makes complete sense yeah right i mean yeah this is like a celine dion song that's just and i i, I may be wrong but i i i heard at one point that it was like turned down by celine dion and then Air, somehow it went to arrows it's like you know you hear about songs that are like, you know, oh, Britney Spears passes up, and then it went to, you know, right. uh, Jennifer Lopez, or like, uh, or the middle, you know, more recently, right? Wasn't that like passed up by everyone? Well, no, like was. a bunch of singers auditioned for it, kind of thing. Right. I mean, but like, how do you go from Celine Dion to Aerosmith? But uh, it, I mean, in a way, it makes sense. I mean, you know, a power ballad is not that different from a ballad. Just add in some hard guitars in the background. It's a power. With the different do, instrumentation, do, I could do, totally hear this. They do a lot of power ballads before this. Aerosmith. No, thanks. So, but I would songs like this is what comes to mind. But like, so yeah, what's what's interesting about Aerosmith is like, I mean, just a really weird, interesting career because it's like in the seventies, you know, when they're coming up, they're basically, you know, they're a hard rock band. You know, they like Walk This Way and Sweet Emotion, and um, I mean, they had Dream On, which is a big ballad, but you know not even in the same vein as like this and then in the 90s like because this is a, this is like how it summed it up is like in the 70s they were like a band you know like a hard rock band and and like in the 90s they kind of became like almost like a like steven tyler was the big big focus like mm-hmm. it, almost, it almost just like he was the vocal like 
center guy and everything else was like you know almost like they were they weren't a band because like i think well then you choose one of the aerosmith songs i think maybe in like 90 or some of the, one of the early 90s episodes he said i think was one of your favorites but like okay. ryan and crazy like these were other big songs earlier in the decade and in the same way of like these big ballads were like it was all about steven tyler and less about like the guitars or the you know other elements um any connection to the movie Armageddon? No, I've never seen it. Kind of like Titanic, like this, you know, like everything is falling apart, but like, you know, we still have love. Um, Basically. You know, I I don't think I s- saw this movie, but I, I mean, like, I remember the idea of it. Um, it was very powerful as a seven-year-old. <laughs> People seeing posters and stuff. I think crying in 93. I think you're right, David. That sounds like something I put on my list. Armageddon made $553.7 million. It was hugely successful and got a 38% on Rotten Tomatoes. So that's all you need to know. And it's a like, I remember, a, yeah, the movie, what happens at the end? Well, isn't Steven Tyler's daughter in it? As like, yes. Yeah, okay. Maybe Tyler's maybe. in it. Um, some good product placement kind of thing. Um, or like, I don't know what the word is. Um, yeah, I remember at the end, uh, Bruce Willis sacrifices himself. Um, do you know how they, you know what, what, ha- what happens with Armageddon? It's like the most totally like unscientific Armageddon. solution. There's an asteroid hurtling towards Earth and they have Bruce Willis like go to the middle of the asteroid to make it split in two, look like this. So it like, here's the Earth, yeah, so both sides go up around it. As I just know Reddit always makes fun of it as like they trained like drillers to be astronauts instead of just training astronauts how to drill in the the meteorite right and so like as if that like asteroid wouldn't break into a million pieces they don't really make those types of movies anymore you know what i mean these big like but like cheese like the plot lines are so over the top interstellar it's kind of that that kind of more like i think people care more about better regard like realism or at least like pseudo realism with yeah, some of the sci-fi movies these days yeah. like the martian people love because it's, it's like yeah it made science yeah i think the other way to say that is just michael bay needs to come back and do this thing <laughs> right um october 3rd to october 10th go yeah. a few more to go uh the first night by Br- uh, not brandy by monica Monica. Even on the first day, couldn't let go. We stayed on my mind at the end of the night. I had to decide I was thinking. I should make a move, but I won't. I should, I should. I'm thinking something is wrong. Knowing if I knew that it won't be right. I don't get down on the first night. I really enjoyed this song, and I don't think I knew it like at all uh, before this. It uh, makes me think I should listen to Monica more because I like The Boy's Mine and I like the song a lot. But it's just cool. It's got kind of like, um, I, I like the harmonies. I think harmonizing with herself, but I, I don't know. I just enjoy the melody. I find it catchy and I like it. Yeah, I didn't know this song. Um, and there's another, you know, Angel of Mine. I think maybe that's next year. Like that's a big Monica song. Like, But yeah, I didn't know the song. Um, and I liked it too. I, you know, it, it's, again very straightforward like you know like there's no you know 
it, you know, it's a very straightforward song. Like the lyrical content's super straightforward. Um, but yeah, I, I like how it's kind of produced like with the piano and like kind of the funky little elements in the chorus and yeah, the vocal layering. Like it's, it's a well done song. Um, it was actually like the, I, yeah, it's one of those songs that the, when I first heard it, I was like, wow, I really like this song. And then I listened to it again. And I was like, eh, I like it. Like, but, you know, it kind of decreased in quality. But, uh, you know, it's, it's yeah, it, it was kind of a nice little surprise, I guess. Produced by Jermaine Dupree, who, you know, that, that, that's worth mentioning, too. Um, I don't have any opinions on it. Okay. Um, moving on. We have October 17th. What a, a change of pace here. Bare Naked Ladies from Canada. And if I could spell their name correctly, I could find a song. Okay. On the charts, uh, number one for one week. Number one for one week. It's called One Week. And here it is. Can't help it if I think you're funny when you're mad. Trying hard not to smile though I feel bad. I'm the kind of guy who laughs at a funeral. Can't understand what I mean. Well, you soon will. I have a tendency to wear my mind on my sleeve. I have a history of taking off my shirt. It's been one week since you looked at me. Threw your arms in the air and said you're crazy. Five days since you tackled me. I still got the reference on both my knees. It's been I really loop this in with um like Will Smith, like Smash Mouth, like really kind of sunny pop, pop rock kind of stuff. It's fine. It's kind of I guess it's like kind of interesting that it's like kind of a like self-deprecating song that's like very positive. Like isn't he kind of like, you know, yeah. he's like he's lamenting that his love interest hasn't paid any attention to him for a long, long time. Something but like it's that. like it's like you know, smiling through it kind of thing. Yeah, I like, I've always liked this song. I feel like it could so easily suck with the sing rapping thing that they've got going on, but for me, it just kind of works. I don't know, I've always just found it, like, if I'm thinking about, for not just these songs, but the entire top behind you, if I'm thinking, like, the amount of time a song in this list has been stuck in my head, probably like 70% of the time it's this song. Like it's had real staying power. And sometimes it's just like, I mean, I do think it can be like, I would never want to listen to this too much because I feel like it would get so annoying so quickly, but I like this song. I'm, I'm in a similar boat, Will, as, as you. Like it, it, it's, yeah, it's it's just stuck in, you know, it, it's so inescapable. Um, still played a lot. Um, One of the biggest ongoing inside jokes of uh comedy bang bang history right <laughs> <laughs> and there's a great uh I, i've told you to watch uh the um, uh on cinema uh series but there's a great moment in that too where he's it's been um, <laughs> um yeah no i'm in the same but like and 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 this is why i actually you know again the the the, the part of the reason i like going back and listening to these songs and kind of focusing on it. Cause like, you know, I've heard this in the background, whether it's on the radio or in a store or anywhere, like a million times, but then you go back and like, listen to it and kind of like focus on it. I'm like, you know, the harmonies, the, the, it's just a fun, really well-constructed fun, like pop song from a band that has a long history and like is very well beloved in a lot of ways especially in Canada like they have such a long history there 
Um, but yeah, it's just like it, it's kind of fun. I, I really like the harmonies. I don't like that's that stays with me. Um, but yeah, like again, not a song I'm gonna seek out, but it's I I, I gain a little bit of a more appreciation for because um, it's just such a like a punchline song that yeah, it's uh, you know, and it stands out I think from a lot of the other songs on this list, but. November 14th to November 21st, we have Lauren Hill, the miseducation of Lauren Hill, doo-wop, that thing. Talking out your necks and you're a Christian. I must slam sleeping with the gin. Now that was the sin that did Jezebel in. Who you gonna tell when the repercussions spin? Showing off your ass because you're thinking it's a trend, girlfriend. Let me break it down for you again. You know I only say it because I'm truly genuine. Don't be a hard rock when you really are a gin, baby girl. Respect is just the minimum. Nick, you still defending them now. Lauren is only human. Don't think I haven't been through the same predicament. This song was the biggest revelation for me of the whole year. I don't, I had no connection to it. I didn't really know it. I just loved it. I thought it was such a great song. Um, I feel like it stands out from a lot of like the rap and hip hop songs that you've heard and that it, it's like such a, it seems like such a solo, like she produced it, she wrote it. And I mean, obviously Lauren Hill is great and I knew that, but I have not listened to her nearly enough. And I just thought the song was really, really good. Yeah, this is a, perfect song I'll, I'll like this This is absolutely one of the best songs we've heard on this podcast and and it's and it's a song that i remember it was it's it was on 99.5 a lot like you it would be played on these stations and it was so ingrained but then you go back and you listen to it and you're like wow like it's just like everything about like the sample the you know balance of her rapping and her singing and the and just doing every little thing on it, the horns, it's just like, it's a perfect pop song. I, 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 it's, I, I, I like, it's a perfect pop song. I don't know what else to say. It's just, it's so well done. And the, al- I mean, it is worth going back. Will like the album, The Miseducation of Lauryn Hill is an absolute classic. I mean, it was, you know, it won all the Grammys, like, but it was still very, I mean, talk about ahead of its time. Like it's, you know, this kind of narrative and, you know, she does everything that she does in the song. Like, you know, there's rap songs, there's love songs, there's pop songs, there's reggae stuff. I mean, it's just like, it's like a tour de force. That, that, that's, that, that, that actually, that term is what I would use to describe the song. Like, it's a tour de force. Like, she's doing everything on it and it's so well done. And it's just, I, I love this song. It's, it's perfect to me. Would you, um, would you group this album with like the Velvet Rope? I mean, it. I would say it's better than the Velvet Rope because it's yeah. even, it's even more varied, and I think it does everything even better. Like, and, and it's more like, like it's called the Miseducation of like Lauren Hill. Like the title itself is like, kind of saying like it's a biography, but like it really is like a bio. It's like an autobiography, as in the form of an album. Like. Mm-hmm. There's so much like within the lyrics, like of her life. I mean, there's like, um, you know, about her pregnancy, about her leaving the Fugees, about her relationship with like her family and with Mike. I mean, you know, it's just yeah. like when you kind of dig further into it, you realize like how, yeah. you know, comprehensive it really is. Um, yeah. Yeah. I have you, have, have you, are you familiar with the album? Um, I've heard about half the album. I haven't, 
like yeah like i've heard the big songs really like x factor lost ones right all those songs um but yeah i think it's definitely worth diving back in yeah and the song is great like i remember hearing the song grown up but like returning to it um it's like yeah it's even better than you remember it i agree yeah i think yeah it it is a song that gets better i think when you and i think with a, an appreciation for music as we all have like it's you know you can appreciate different elements of it too yeah. uh november 28th 1998 we have a song by divine it's called lately it is not on itunes it, it, wait it was not on spotify actually the first song we've had that's not on spotify so i'm going to play a clip from youtube Hopefully that's okay. Just sitting away, watching the days go by. Watching the days go by. Thinking about you, baby. Didn't do much. How I like the song. I I thought the harmonies are really pretty, and I, I like the chorus a lot. Have you heard the song before? It sounded familiar, but I couldn't. I couldn't be sure. It was definitely pretty new to me. Yeah, I didn't. I, I never heard the song. When it wasn't on Spotify, I was like, "What the hell is going on here?" Um, it's fine. Didn't do much for me. I'll be succinct. We're moving on. Unless John has any opinions. Yeah, we can move on. Okay, uh, last song because uh, we're taking a long time. I'm Your Angel by Robert Kelly and Celine Dion. And I have to put in the name to find it. Every day will be bright as the sun. All of your fears cast them on. Sucks. This I was like, it's kind really of I thought it was fun, but whatever. And nothing spectacular. I am saying now that it lost to Elvis Costello and Burt Baccarat in the Grammys for best pop collaboration vocals. I'm like, man, there's a Elvis Costello Grammy song I've never heard. Let me get on that. That 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 album. That, there's a bunch of good songs on that album. I I feel like I have listened to album, so I must have heard it, but I don't remember that song at all in particular. Yeah. When I when I when I say the song sucks, it, it's almost impossible to be like, yeah, part of it isn't influenced by the fact that R. Kelly is, like, you know, a horrible person. Um, it's just a boring ballad. But it's I mean, yeah, I think it's, Celine's it's parts are boring. <laughs> like it's like it's almost like I almost feel bad for Celine Dion. Like after Titanic, she has to like do this boring ass song. Like she didn't have to. <laughs> after she made a lot of money off of it, and probably is perfectly happy to do it, but. Um, yeah, it's boring. Like, even for R. Kelly, it's boring. And that's 1998. 
what about just overall thoughts? I think because my overall thought is that this is the first year where like I feel like I know these songs, most of them at least. Mm-hmm. Like there's a real connection there. Um, but it's also a really weird, diverse year. Yeah. Stuff going on. It is weird and diverse, but I do feel like you can kind of I feel like it's I mean, obviously, you know, hindsight's 2020, but I feel like you can start to hear hear kind of the tunneling of the pop sound. I feel like it's going to become a lot more kind of one note, not too long after this, but like, you know, the Max Martin songs and, and St. Backstreet Boys. Right. Brittany, I, can, I feel like you can start to hear that happen a little bit. I agree. But still like nowhere near there yet, just from listening to these songs. You can hear the like kind of how these songs are being made and yeah, like how that is gonna translate to like a Britney Spears or a J Lo or a NSYNC. But yeah, I mean between going from Brandy and Monica to Aerosmith to Lauren Hill to Bare Naked Ladies, it's like what a mixed bag of random stuff. Should we do our top five? Yeah, I'll say I'll be curious. I'd be curious to think about like if we did, if we picked all of the number ten songs from nineteen ninety eight, like the songs that were number ten. Like how I do, the, how I, how that would compare? You mean? To yeah, what? like if if we would have a similar overall vibe, like or if it's only a certain type of song that gets to number one, that's maybe not representative of the, the year, but if you do like number ten, it might it might be more. I mean, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, looking at the rest of the top 100, like, and obviously that's not exactly the same thing. Yeah, there's right. so much R&B. Like, yeah, there yeah. still is so much R&B, including R&B that A, is very kind of slow and ballady and stuff I'm not familiar with personally, which doesn't mean anything. But, like, it's, yeah, I mean, there's still a lot. Like, it's R&B and then it's, like, like these these boy band groups who are like making the white version of R&B for yeah, yeah. For well and I, I I hope someone has one yeah. of those groups on their list but yeah it's almost like like in my mind what I'm thinking is like you have kind of like a foundation of like R&B and there's still a lot of R&B in the top you know for number one songs there's kind of a foundation there of the stuff we've heard but like kind of rising to the top gradually is like the pop music yeah, that will become you know even bigger you know in the next few years because there's like you know and yeah. there's inklings. Well, and the hip hop. I mean, it's like everything's yeah, been yeah, influenced yeah. by the R and B. It's it's just interesting how it, I feel like it is. We're starting like the mainstays like boys to men are not not as successful as they were in the earlier years. I feel like even though there is a ton of representative top hundred, the like pure R and B without too much hip hop influence or the less poppy, slow damn type stuff is not, it's not hitting quite as successfully as it was mm-hmm. two, three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it'll be interesting to see like top hundred in the next few years. Cause like there might be still a ton of like kind of traditional R and B stuff, but yeah, I think between the pop music and the hip hop, like just kind of gra- like still gradually like taking over. Yeah the tops you know the top yeah looking ahead it does feel like this is the last year where 
there's even this close at all to as much RNG representation in the top 100. Yeah. It'll be also, very... looking at the top 100, there's also like a little bit of alternative rock, like some Third Eye Blind. Mm-hmm. The Verve. Some what? Said the Verve. Said the Verve. Yeah. Marcy Playground. Yeah. Maybe we should do our. I gotta. I gotta head out soon. So maybe yeah, let's, let's yeah, go there. Top eyes quickly. Are you, John? Why don't you start? Sure. Um, that's a good segue. Um, se- sex and candy. Is this your number five? Um, I didn't rank. You, that know, you don't have an order. Okay. So sex and candy. All right. I'm gonna play a clip. Yeah. I don't yeah. Yeah, mama. This surely is a dream. You've always yeah. liked I love, I love that song. Love the song. Just real slacker vibe, but also kind of like a little Nirvana. Sure. Grunge. Nirvana light. Like a really, really nice, like, I don't know, that hook is just like always an earworm. Um, let's see what else we got. Um, had the boys mine in my top five. Um, here, I have to load them up here. Um, what else did I get? Um, Show Me Love by Robin, but I feel like you guys talked about that last week. That um, was a different Robin song. But a different I'll, Robin song? I'll, um, yeah. Uh, same album, but different. Yeah, and this feels like a real precursor to like some Britney and Christina. Definitely. Boy band I, think, stuff. I think this was Max Martin too. Was it? Yeah. I mean, they're it both- actually feels more yeah. like yeah, Backstreet Boys than I think. Like Let's Britney. see. I'm, I, um, this was yeah, written by Max Martin. Which yeah, happened, it had to be. So. Yeah, um, and then the last two come back to me. I have to, I have to find them. All right, I'll get through mine quickly. Yeah. Uh, five for me is how's it gonna be. Or how's it going to be, as the actual title is called. Yeah, I thought of that, but okay, I'll play it. I didn't want to put it on there, but I just couldn't find something to stick in that five spot over it. I wonder, what are we fighting for when I say out loud, I want to get out of this. I wonder, is there anything I'm going to miss? My number four is do up that thing. Uh, was that on the top 100 what yeah it was the number one for the year how could it not no but when i looked at i mean was it, it really not it, it, oh I, wow it was weird right. it did, it, 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 that was weird i because i noticed oh. that too but i, I mean, didn't notice that yeah man it's not on the top 100 that's so but, but it is it is for next year i, I looked ahead but oh. i don't know why like that doesn't seem to make any sense but i guess it just it didn't come out at the end of the year i get yeah it did because it was towards the end of our list of number one. Oh, so i messed up they gotta fix that. I can't count. I'm gonna say that for next year, next podcast. Uh, my new number five. Was there, was, is, there a, was there a runner up? There are a lot of runners up, so this is tough. My new number five. I don't want to do one week, but that's close. Uh, let's do a bit of a wild card and say you're still the one. That's my new number five. Okay. I uh, think that's a pretty song and very different from anything we heard of the number ones. Uh, my so that makes okay, so that's or mine. Just played a lot on the yellow box. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds right.
like this song dixie chicks like it was a country yeah. station i like that chorus a lot um i think the rest of it's kind of meh but is enough to be in consideration so i'm promoting it so that makes how's it going to be my new number four and then my number three is gone till november so sticking with the the fuji's theme i think that's a great song yes um as i find it yeah, I mean, White Claw Shans just got a great voice and like cool kind of like reggae influences in that song. There are a lot of things I didn't know about that song. One being Destiny's Child provides the backing vocals in that, which I thought was cool because mm-hmm. they're like really on the rise now. And then, and then Destiny's Child on this list. Uh, wait, I couldn't figure this out at all, but Wikipedia says it interpolates Michelle by the Beatles. And like, I get that the instrumentation seems similar, but I listened to both songs like back, but I couldn't hear anything that would seem like a one-to-one connection at all. So I thought that was odd. Uh, my number two is Bittersweet Symphony, which is a song I've always liked. Uh. I'm, I'm going to save that, the, the play. Sure, but, sure. But. <laughs> Everyone knows it. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, and then my number one is Sex and Candy. I've always loved that song. God, it Sex and Candy. This it's a good song. I, this marks back-to-back years with The Verb in my top five, which is weird for me. I've wait, never listened to The Verb. last year? Yeah, isn't The Freshman by them? No, that's The Verb. Oh, Oh, you're right. I was like, I was surprised they were both by the bird because they seem so different, but you're right. Yeah. Weird, weirdly <laughs> similar band names with totally different songs. So Sex and Candy at one. John, did you find your missing ones? Um, yeah, I think it was um, Insane Song. Which one? Um, I Want You Back. I Want You Back and then uh, Too Close by Next. So I- I'm gonna play a snippet of which I think was the number one song of the year. Yeah, which is let's let's play "I Want You Back" because uh, I considered that too. Short list. Is it fair to say? Uh, I don't want to hold Jonathan too much longer because he has to go. But I, I, I think I, the more I listen to it, the more I'm like, I think the earlier instinct songs are better than the later ones. Because there's straightforward pop, like this is like dance pop. Like I mean, they're always pretty straightforward pop. Yeah, I uh, know what you mean. I was a Backstreet Boys stand in the Backstreet Boys versus NSYNC wars of the this time period. I was talking about this recently. I think that I think Backstreet Boys were more Whoa. like piano driven, like and Instinct were more like hip hop dance. You could definitely hear more R and B influences. More black in Backstreet music Boys in R. Yeah, Backstreet Boys were yeah more R and B and like piano, and I feel like Instinct was more hip hop and dance. But I can't remember. If, like it, I'm just saying, I'll never know. But I don't know if it was. I know I've always liked to be a bit of a contrarian, and I feel like as Instinct became more and more popular, I wanted to be more and more of a Backstreet Boys fan. Growing up, I was in sync more uh, now on Backstreet Boys. Backstreet Boys songs are they're just better. Like, 
Mm-hmm. I well, I feel uh, like we, we, we have to continue this fight. Yeah, yeah. Get more and yeah, more. This, this is just starting. We're just starting this fight. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, but that's a, it's a cool song. Like it's it's like like the, there's there's little elements of like the little violin, like burn 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 burn. Is that a is that a Max Martin song? Yes. He's a fuck. Like, why is he not the king of the world? Like, he is kind of a great pop song. But, like, we don't know. Like, it's not like he's like around. Like, it's not like. I feel like if he wanted to be more famous, he would be more famous. That's what I mean. It's like, you know, <laughs> like if he wanted to be. He, he famously doesn't do any interviews. Is that right? Yeah. Like, I should say. He just, had his, he just had his 24th number one song uh, this year. Um, oh, yeah, he's trying to pass John Lennon or Paul McCartney and Lennon for by, the uh, the weekend and Ariana Grande. Like, what he's a pass Lennon McCartney for the most written number one songs. Like, what a fucking genius! Like, it's amazing. I should say when we're talking about NSYNC that I'm pretty sure everybody Backstreet's Back was my first favorite song. So it's a little sad that it didn't make my top five, but it was close. Wait, was that this year or next year? That was this year. Oh, it was this year. Yeah, and, and quit playing games with my heart, which has that my- was last year, right? No, it was this year. Oh, that was also this year. It's a which song that has, about- yeah, to say so. Just real, real brief on Max Martin. Which interesting is I'm seeing, I'm looking at his number one songs. He had a couple in 1998, 2000. His next, uh, and he had like an eight year hiatus, like during the kind of like hip hop, like mm-hmm. ascendancy years, and like started from 2008. To like 2016, he was like on the charts every year. Um, but these are only the number yeah. one songs. There's also like you know um, that Kelly Clarkson song he did that was huge. Um, since you've been you know, gone. Since you've been gone, that was like 2005. So I guess maybe that's just number ones. What a fucking career! I, yeah. our, our new goal for this podcast is to interview Max Martin. Um, he famously doesn't do interviews. Did I say that? (laughs) Um, I mentioned quit playing games with my heart because that's both the most ridiculous music video I've ever seen still to this day. Um, And it has both simultaneously the best and worst lyric of all time where he says, "Uh, sometimes I wish I could turn back time impossible as it may seem. (laughs) That's the funniest lyric ever. Mm -hmm. I laugh every time. Um, uh, I'll just run through mine. I'm a little upset that you already mentioned some of these, but uh, that's okay. Um, number five, it hasn't been mentioned, uh, is Ray of Light by Madonna. This was Madonna's station to station. What? This was this was Madonna's station to station. <laughs> is that your is that your take? That's my take. It's because when it's oh, when she got really big in Kabbalah. So the station to station, station to station is just a coked up like bunch of crazy stuff. <laughs> also, also influenced by David Bowie's, you know, dabbling in in Kabbalah too. Sure. It, it it's a song that is i think in a way in a way very dated like some of the sounds are super dated but it's also just a cool like it's a bit 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 contrasts you know very much with her earlier stuff um number four is my all by mariah carey um 
really love that song. Number three is Show Me Love by Robin, uh, which is a perfect pop song. Number two is Gone Till November by Wycliffe John, for the same reasons you talked about, Will. And number one is The Verve with Bittersweet Symphony, because I didn't want to get it through the wall. We don't get any of the vocals. It's it's just so different from anything else in the year. It's such a like what a massive song. It's just it's hard to resist. And with that, we conclude 1998. So thank you, John, for joining. Please come back. You could be our permanent host if you want, or come back and occasionally. We'll see. In a consulting capacity. Consulting, consulting <laughs> position. You can produce it in the background. And with that, we say adieu to the year 1998. Whoa, don't slip up or get caught. Why not, man? I'm coming for that number one spot. All right.